Hi everybody, um, I hope you're well. My name is Cherry, if you've not met me before, and it's my absolute privilege to um, be asked to talk this morning um, on the final week of looking at the Lord's Prayer. So we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer just over the last few weeks, and we're at the final line of the Lord's Prayer. And so Hannah is now going to come on, and she's going to read um, the Lord's Prayer for us one final time. Um, and then we are going to see what God wants to say and what he wants to do. So here's Hannah. Enjoy. Morning, folks. Um, I'm just going to be reading uh, today's passage, which is from Matthew chapter 6, and it's verses 9 to 13. Um, it's taken from the NIV version today. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Thank you, Hannah, so much. That was great. So we are looking at um, this line that says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And um, when I was preparing for this, I really felt like God was prompting me to speak about temptation. Temptation, not really something that is spoken about in our society, not really something that you'll hear on the news, not really a hot topic of conversation with our family and friends. How's temptation going for you? Are you managing to resist temptation? Not really <laughs> something that you're asking your friends and your neighbors, or maybe you are, I don't know. Um, but I'm certainly not really speaking about it very much. I know that much. So I felt prompted to speak about this. So, um, two main things really. Um, how do we actually recognise temptation? How do we know when we're being tempted? And how do we resist temptation? Because the Bible actually speaks about it loads. Um, I don't know why I said it. <laughs> um, it speaks about it loads. Um, and so therefore it must be important. It must be necessary to ask God about temptation and how we can resist it. So. Um, Jesus himself was tempted, you know, as well. So um, it's definitely something that it's relevant for everybody. It's relevant for all of us. And shortly before he's arrested, Jesus is in a garden and he is telling his disciples to watch and to pray so that they don't enter into temptation. So Jesus actually tells us two really helpful things that are going to help us to resist temptation. And that is watching and praying. Um, and if I was going to give this uh, talk a title, I would call it tempting, but no, because that's something that we might say when someone offers us a piece of cake and we're on a diet, you know, that, oh, that's really tempting, but no. And so there's these two sides. One is to actually recognize temptation and that's the watching, the being alert, the being aware of what is in our life that is a temptation to us. And then there is the being able to say no, the resisting and we need prayer for that. We need to pray. Um, Jesus, that's why Jesus is telling us to pray these words, lead us not into temptation, because it needs to be part of our prayer um, to ask for God's help. That's the only way that we can say no to temptation. And so, um, like I said, you know, even Jesus was tempted. You know, there's a lot in the news at the moment about immunity, about immunity to viruses, immunity uh, to COVID. Um, and temptation is something that none of us are immune to. We all face it. 
Um, it's spoken about really early on um, in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2. When Adam and Eve are in the garden, everything's good um, with their relationship with God in the world, everything's good and perfect, but temptation comes in. And so um, the devil, in disguise as a snake, you know, whispers in Eve's ear that this fruit, which they've had really clear instructions from God about, that they are not to eat it. This one tree with fruit on it, they are not to go near it. They are to avoid it because they will die if they eat it. Um, this, uh, the devil in disguise as a snake, whispers in Eve's ear um, and begins to tempt her to eat this fruit and to disobey God. And so temptation, it really does usually begin uh, with some kind of doubt in our minds. It's doubt that, um, doubt in God's word, doubt um, of that God's intentions are good for us. Um, and um, even though his words are really clear, um, his instructions are really clear, his warning is really clear, um, Eve begins to actually question whether she maybe heard him wrong or maybe he actually doesn't know what's best for her or he doesn't want what's best for her and maybe perhaps she knows better. Um, and so I guess that made me think a lot about how Jesus was tempted and what does he do? His counter-attack to the devil um, is to pick up this, <laughs> to speak it out. You know, he comes at the devil with scripture after scripture after scripture. You know, this is his weapon against temptation in the desert. And this is to be our weapon too. We need to trust this word. We need to memorize this word. We must use this um, because it's true, because it's powerful. And that is one of the ways that we can arm ourselves against temptation in our lives. I also find it really interesting that, you know, that the temptation in, in Genesis is a fruit. It's something natural. It's something that looks okay on the outside. Um, and I find it interesting also that, um, you know, they had all these other fruits. They had all these other trees. But, you know, often that's the case, isn't it? That temptation actually arises because we are fixating on what we don't have and what we can't have and what God said that we shouldn't do or shouldn't say instead of what he's blessed us with and all the gifts that he's given us and how good he is and everything that we are allowed to enjoy instead of having an attitude of gratitude um, we have become discontent with and unsatisfied and so we need to focus our attention on what we have and we also need to trust this word and I think that's the two things that um, probably are, are almost like our armour against temptation in our lives. So how do we recognise what's tempting us? Um, like I said, it's interesting that it's a fruit in the garden because I guess fruits are a bit like this, you know, they're, you know, fruits, nutritious, it's good for us. Um, and food, you know, there's lots of foods that are nutritious and good for us. And then there's other foods that are okay, but we're to eat them in moderation. And, and then there's other foods that might, on the outside, look okay, like maybe berries or mushrooms, they look like they're edible and they're fine, but actually they're poisonous. Um, and my mum, as a child, actually ate some berries and had to go to hospital because it turned out they were poisonous. So um, that's a bit like the fruit in, this, in the Garden of Eden, isn't it? It's, it? On the outside, it looked okay, but on the inside, it was poisonous. And so that brings me to to kind of thinking about this first category of temptation, 
things that on the outside sometimes might look appealing but there's, they're actually poisonous and it's a bit like the poisonous apple in Snow White <clears throat> you know it, it looks all juicy and red and yummy um, but it's really not uh, good to eat and so um, you know things like dabbling in the occult so seeking sort of spiritual um, to meet our spiritual needs somewhere other than our relationship with Jesus things uh, these are just a few things that I'm gonna list that uh, are just never good for us um, another thing might be sort of being phys physically violent being verbally aggressive or emotionally abusive and having an uncontrolled anger problem being dishonest the Bible talks loads about um, the importance of honesty so being dishonest maybe stealing or being jealous or wanting what we don't have um, also things like pornography unfaithfulness to a spouse other kinds of sexual sins um, other things that are a bit more subtle like bad-mouthing people behind their backs gossiping criticizing complaining having an attitude of ungratefulness um, or just harboring unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment um, towards somebody that's hurt us these things they're kind of like they rot us from the inside out you know and as soon as we start down that route um, it can be really difficult to get out and so for some of you you might just even as I said some of those things know that for you that's one of the temptations that you're facing um, there's other things that are like what I like to think of as a bit like overripe or underripe fruit so I don't like green bananas but I know some people who don't like yellow bananas um, uh, everyone has that perfect day when the bananas are fine to eat um, and anything before or after doesn't work anyway um, I'm talking about things that are not necessarily bad or bad for us but maybe in the context they're not good for us so um, these could be things like you know a glass of wine for one person is not an issue but maybe for somebody who's battled an addiction to alcohol or just has a has a problem with binge drinking that could be potentially a problem maybe pursuing a romantic relationship again not a problem just in itself but if you're already in a relationship or you're already married or just if you have difficulty in pursuing romance in a pure godly healthy way then maybe um, it can be, be an issue a temptation and again maybe something like our shopping habits so having to buy the, the newest car or a new phone or trainers or clothes or whatever it is um, again in itself not necessarily a problem but maybe we struggle with debt or we have an attitude of I need to keep up with the Joneses or we just get a lot of our security from our material possessions you know so in that context these things might actually not be what's best for us and they might be temptations then there's another category of temptation which is almost like dried fruit <laughs> and if you've ever eaten a whole bag of dried fruit or something um, you'll know the laxative effect it can have so it can go from being totally fine to suddenly it's not okay anymore um, some of you will relate to that story and maybe some of you have no idea what I'm talking about but be warned anyway don't eat a whole bag of dried fruit um, but these are things that are in our lives they're okay but they are to be enjoyed in moderation so things like what we're watching on TV or movies or social media or video games 
reading magazines, um, or it could be food and drink, like diet related. Um, so for some of us, we maybe seriously struggle with getting a balance right in these areas in our lives and they can take over and we can spend hours and hours of our time investing in these things. Um, and often there's of, often a kind of a link there with avoiding relationships or just maybe with boredom or, you know, there's some other underlying issue that means that these are temptations in our lives and we're actually just wasting a lot of time um, doing these things. And so it might, to the point where it might be harmful and therefore a temptation. So um, those are some of the temptations that we might face. But, you know, the Bible also talks about fruits of the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? Um, so these are fruits which grow out of being in relationship with Jesus. And Mari spoke a wee while ago about, um, you know, how Jesus said that he's the vine and we're the branches. And so these fruits just grow out automatically of being in relationship with Jesus. And uh, just as a reminder, these are listed in Galatians chapter five, and these are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, I'm reading off my notes here, so I don't miss any, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which ties in nicely with temptation, because self-control is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So um, self-control is all about being in control of our thoughts, our emotions, and our decisions, and our words. And so, um, you know, if we can't resist temptation, we become a slave to sin, um, it's something that's said in 2 Peter chapter 2, that people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. So when temptation has mastered us or when sin has mastered us, it's like we've become a slave to it. But when we say yes to Jesus being the master in our lives, then we're set free from being a slave to sin. And so we can pray for self-control, which is the second part of how, what Jesus tells us to do with temptation. We are to pray that we would be led away from temptation. We can pray for more self-control in the areas where we're facing temptation. And this particular fruit of the Holy Spirit will grow out of being relationship in Jesus. And so first we need to accept that we will be a branch, that we're going to be a branch, that we're going to accept that we need Jesus um, and then pray for the self-control to grow. And so just to close up, I'll just, I feel like God's doing some stuff um, today. So a few things I just felt prompted to say were that some of us right now are going to be feeling a bit of a tugging on the heartstrings. Um, that's what I felt like he was saying. Like, it's like I'm, he's tugging away at someone's heart. Um, and that's the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God that is calling you on to saying yes to Jesus and saying yes to following him. And I would really, really urge you that if you feel that pull or if you hear that little whisper or if you can feel that little nudge, um, then don't ignore it. You know, take that step of faith. Um, if you're on the chat right now, there's a wee prayer link. Someone will pray with you. You can email us at hello at invernessvineyard.co.uk. You can send us a message on Facebook. You can get in contact with someone from the church if you know someone that's in our church. And I promise you that it will be the best decision that you've ever made. So please don't ignore that nudge, that little tug on the heart. Um, Jesus loves you and he wants you to say yes to him, saying yes to following him. It's the best adventure in the world. I also feel like for some of us, 
that we're watching and it's like God is highlighting some of those words that I said when I was listing all those different temptations because some of them we are facing them and you know this last few months has been quite extraordinary, quite unusual, quite strange and for some of us it might be like things that we thought we dealt with have now resurfaced or for others it's maybe things that we've never had, we've never had an issue with them before and something new, a new temptation of some kind has come up and you know sometimes with temptation it can be like we're walking along a cliff edge and you know it's just one little nudge one little push one little unfortunate circumstances and you know we can be over the edge and I just felt like for some of us it's like we're right along the edge of right and wrong um, and it's all getting a bit blurry and a bit confusing and so you know it's just so much more sensible to stay away from that edge and but you need help with that and there's people that can help you with that, that can get around you and help you with that. And there's also prayer will help you with that. So again, just open up to Jesus and ask for that help that you need. And lastly, some of us, we just know that we've messed up. Psalm 32 verse 1 says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Adam and Eve messed up in the garden. And they gave in to that temptation and they walked away from God. And they disobeyed him. Yet in Genesis chapter 3, you know, God is making a covering for them. He covers them. He clothes them in their sin and in their shame. And in that garden, when Jesus asks his disciples to watch and to pray, they fall asleep. They fall asleep. And they don't just fall asleep once. They fall asleep again and again. And for some of us, that's where we're at. We keep messing up. We keep making mistakes. It's the same thing over and over again. Um, yet... You know, hours later, Jesus hangs on a cross for them. He's hanging on the cross, crying out, and he is dying for those disciples that he loves. Despite our failures, despite our weakness, despite our unworthiness, Jesus died to cover our sin. That's what he died for. Forgiveness is ours today. And so if you've messed up, I know I've messed up. I know that God's highlighting stuff here for me. Um, you know, just hold out your hands as we pray in a minute and just let go of the sin, let go of the shame, ask for help, pray that God would lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil because we can receive God's mercy and his grace today. Um, amen. Um, so we're going to pray. That's what we're going to do. We're going to come into a time now of response. Um, I hope you're all well and I hope to see you again soon. All right, we'll see you later. Bye. Have a great day, guys.